I'm Rachel Wolfson, the host and founder of Web3 Deep Dive Podcast. Web3 Deep Dive Podcast focuses on real-world Web3 use cases to help you better understand how Web3 is being applied today and how it may be leveraged in the future. If this sounds interesting, I encourage you to subscribe, like, and share the content that you're seeing today to help spread the word about Web3. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another very special episode of Web3 Deep Dive Podcast. Today, I'm here at the North American Blockchain Summit in Fort Worth, Texas, and I'm so excited for my next interview. Today, I'll be speaking with Lee Bratcher, the president of the Texas Blockchain Council. Hey, Lee. Hey, Rachel. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, thank you for coming on. How's it going? It's going great. We're excited to do this in Fort Worth. Uh, the last two years, as you know, have been in Austin. and. I, it's funny, I want to tell your listeners, many years ago, Mance Harmon from Hedera connected us for an article, and that was the very first you know, crypto-related article that I was ever quoted in. Oh, wow. I actually didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that was about five years ago. Yeah. I was going to say, I've known you for years. And um, Lee, so basically, did you start this? It used to be called the... Te what, what was the original name? It was no, it was Texas Blockchain Summit. Okay, the Texas Blockchain Summit, and now it's the North American Blockchain Summit. That's right. Okay. Yeah, we've partnered with more state associations from across the country. Uh, we're part of the U.S. Blockchain Coalition. I chair the board of that um, coalition of state associations, and there's actually 46 state associations that do blockchain and digital assets policy. Um, so Texas is, is proud to partner with, I think for this conference, we have 19 of them here. Wow. And this is the third year? Third year. Yeah. Wow. First two years in Austin and now in Fort Worth. Right. Well, I'm so happy to see that it's expanding. This is a huge, conf you know, huge event and you've got amazing speakers here. I mean, it's really exciting. Yeah. We, yesterday we had uh, Vivek Ramaswamy, presidential candidate, and then RFK Jr. And today we have three U.S. senators. Senator Cruz, Senator Cornyn, and Senator Wyden. Right, and I got I got the chance to say hi to Senator Cruz, so that was that was fun. Um, Lee, so I want to know a little bit about your background, and then we can talk more about the summit. Um, how did you get involved in the crypto and blockchain space? You know, I was a political science professor, and I my research area was blockchain and property rights. It started out being property rights, and then when I discovered blockchain and read the white paper, I added that into um, my research and it just fit, you know, property rights is this thing that's been physical for many centuries, millennia, right? Trying to, to secure people's ownership in different assets, typically real estate or, or companies or whatever it is. And then um, now we have digital property rights through digital scarcity. And so I came at it from a very academic perspective and then I started to organize and, and gather people around for uh, the industry, and uh, started out in Dallas, just holding monthly meetings, and that's where I met Mance Harmon, one of our first board members, and then uh, we expanded it and called it the Texas Blockchain Council, and um, started officially about four years ago. Right, right. So, and what is the goal behind an event like this, like the North American Blockchain Summit? Like, what is it that you want people to take away from this summit? So this is a little bit different than most crypto conferences in that it's a little bit more business to business and a little less uh, retail. So most people are going to be dressed like you and I more formally. Um, we're going to be interacting with bankers, lawyers, accountants, investment bankers, you know, uh, private, uh, private equity funds. 
it's, it's really geared towards people whose business interests are affected by the policy environment. And so that combination of business and policy is where this conference needs to continue to sit in, in that niche. So let's talk a little bit about Texas and the policies here because you're based in Texas. I'm in Texas part-time. Um, would you say Texas is a crypto-friendly state? It is. I think we, we all have a long ways to go. And we're leading the country as far as uh, policy and also policy makers and elected officials that are open to innovation and willing to take risks. We're sitting here in Fort Worth where Mayor Maddie Parker um, wants to change the city into a city of innovation and technology. And so she became the first mayor and Fort Worth became the first city in the U.S. to mine Bitcoin uh, through donations from the TBC. So no taxpayer dollars were spent and it's been a profitable um, uh, engagement for them, of course, at a very small scale. It's a pilot, but um, yeah, so we're, we're excited for the future. We're excited for what a positive policy environment can do for innovators, entrepreneurs, investors. Uh, we just can't have this technology move overseas. We, we can't have brain drain. I agree. I mean, and you said, and I remember I actually covered this for Cointelegraph about Fort Worth mining Bitcoin, which was an amazing story and everybody should read it. And I got quotes from you as well. Texas, I feel like is kind of the hub for mining in the United States. Would you agree? Yeah, about 50% of mining that takes place in the U.S. is in Texas, and about 20% of global mining is in Texas. Wow. Why is that the case? A couple of reasons. Um, the, the primary reason is the ERCOT energy-only marketplace that allows uh, miners to be a consumer of energy, of, of what would ordinarily be wasted energy, in a competitive bid market for, for energy. So it allows them to see places throughout the state where there's wasted energy, because where there's cheap energy, there's wasted energy, right? So uh, the way that the consumption patterns of energy, we use a lot of energy in the mornings when we wake up, we don't use a lot overnight. And so there's also geographic patterns. If there's a lot of wind and solar in West Texas, but not, not a lot of energy consumption, then there's what's called transmission stranded energy. So there's not enough transmission lines to get that to Dallas or Austin or Houston. So the miners can go out in their rural areas and soak up what was formerly wasted energy, and that's going to be very cheap energy. And if the energy is cheap, then um, they're prospering and more miners are going to want to be here. Right. And one of the hot topics that we're hearing of now, and RFK Jr. was actually discussing this in the press conference that he held yesterday, about environment, environmentally friendly mining practices. Um, and you were just saying that a lot of that energy would be left unused. So. Would you say that mining Bitcoin and mining cryptocurrencies is actually energy efficient in some ways? Yeah, so the way that miners can be energy efficient is actually in their economic self-interest. So the, the lower power price they get, that means they're being more efficient. That means that they're using electrons that would have never made it to an end user, right? So they are, now. not to say that all energy that miners use is optimized for efficiency, but miners are more efficient than any other industrial load on the Texas grid. That is verifiable. There is no argument about that. Um, so they are the most flexible, which means you know, they can turn on and off very quickly. And they are geography agnostic. They will go to where that stranded energy is. So that incentivizes more 
you know, generation, especially wind and solar, because we're about maxed out in Texas on wind and solar. We've got a third of our energy that's generated by wind and solar. And that is about as all you can have because it's intermittent. Uh, and you can't really rely on it as base load. But if you pair intermittent power like wind and solar with an intermittent user like Bitcoin mining, then you can increase your proportion of uh, renewables. Right. It's interesting. And Lee, are you doing a lot of work to actually talk to legislators and policymakers in Texas to kind of educate them on the benefits of mining and just on the other benefits of blockchain technology? Yeah, absolutely. We are um, on a weekly basis engaging with staffers or elected officials just to um, either provide them with resources, answer questions, um, you know, and, and sometimes even present ideas for furthering innovation uh, in Texas. One idea that's that's come up before is a Texas Bitcoin trust, mm. where we create a trust, and the benefactor a benefactor of that trust is the state of Texas, and uh, the trust then holds that Bitcoin in cold storage until which point the the treasury of the state of Texas is willing to take take possession of it. So have you actually um, spoken about that with policymakers in Texas? I have, several. We've even spoken about it with Comptroller Hager, the, the comptroller for the state of Texas, and to the Texas Bullion Depository, where that's the gold depository here in Texas, where it would be the likely place for a cold storage for Bitcoin to be located. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think it's probably another two years out. Uh, it's a lot of, it's a Herculean effort. and. Um, you know, perhaps we'll have some, some ETH-based ETH companies, uh, some Ethereum ecosystem companies that want to do a similar trust. Are policymakers open to the idea? You know, the nice thing about the trust is they don't have to be. Many of them are, but you don't have to get permission to create a trust. It's just a legal uh, entity. And you can name any benefactor of a trust. So we can name the state of Texas as the benefactor of the trust, and the, the Bitcoin stays in the trust until policymakers are willing to accept it. Are there other states that have a Bitcoin trust? Do you know? No. So this would be kind of a first? This would be a first. And if somebody else steals the idea, that's okay. It's a, it's a heavy lift and you got to get convinced people to donate Bitcoin right. to the state, which I think we will have, you know, whether that's, uh, yeah, just people that are advocates of freedom or, or they're just open to collaborating with others, you know, maybe there's an incentive for them to donate. They have a board seat on the on the trust or something like that. Right. What other initiatives do you hope to see get passed or I guess Texas leading the way in terms of innovation? Like what do you hope to see? So we have the proof of reserves legislation that passed uh, in May requiring all exchanges that have a presence in Texas to submit to quarterly attestations. Um, eventually, we'd love to get those to real-time proof of reserve and, and liabilities audits. Um, that would be excellent. Uh, that's a long ways off. There's a lot of work that needs to be done, both at the regulator level and at the exchanges. Um, but it's just another tool in the tool belt for greater transparency. And you know, the exchanges that we have now, uh, the bad ones are being weeded out, either like FTX through fraud and you know criminal charges or through just bad business practices, um, like for example, Celsius. So um, we're, we're pretty pleased with the exchanges that are, are left standing, they're, they're bastions of uh, transparency. Right, right. 
Lee, if you do you have any advice or anything you want to tell people that may be watching this interview that are not based in Texas and maybe they're considering moving to Texas, is there anything that you'd want to say in terms of the innovation and maybe even joining the Texas Blockchain Council? Like how they how they can join? Yeah, we welcome to join. Uh, it's TexasBlockchainCouncil.org. We have a join page and different membership categories. Some uh, more you know, corporate type memberships, and then we have individual memberships for people that just want to network. And then, of course, they can always come to the summit and um, connect with people here too. Any advice? Like, do you have anything you want to say that, you know, Texas is the, the place to be? I mean, I do think because I'm back and forth between Texas, California, uh, there is a lot happening in Texas. Uh, I love Austin. Um, there's a lot happening there, but do you have anything, like any advice, you know, if somebody's like, oh, I'm thinking about moving to Texas, Anything you'd want to say to them about crypto here or Web3? I'd say the economic opportunity in Texas is really strong in across the board, not just in, in Web3 and digital assets. I would say um, the communities are, are vibrant in, in Web3 here. Um, I would also say if you're, if you're in a place where you have a good job, you know, you, there are state associations in other states as well, and we can connect people to that, like if they just are firmly planted where they are and they're not planning to be an economic transplant from California to Texas or you know, Chicago, Illinois to Texas. Uh, there are trade associations in those states. And uh, you know, Jamie Miner from California is here. She was just speaking on stage. She runs a trade association in California and I can connect people to people like her. Yeah, wonderful. Any final thoughts before we end the interview? that I might have missed. No, I mean, I think just happy that you're here and glad that you got some great interviews. And um, you know, I think it's been a successful event for media, attendees, speakers alike. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I got to speak with RFK Jr. yesterday, so that made me extremely happy. I'm glad. Cool. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, Rachel. Thank you. Special thanks to Aaron Bender for producing Web3 Deep Dive podcast. I'd also like to thank the sponsors behind Web3 Deep Dive. Finally, thanks to the listeners for tuning in. Please be sure to subscribe, like, and share. I'll see you guys next time.